0: Good to see you. My name is Tim Harris. I'm pastor here at Woodburn Baptist Church. Man, I am the luckiest man in the whole world. I love this church with my whole heart. Baptism in the cafe today, you guys. They have a a giant... Portable Baptistry. Yes, they make those. So I have Portable Baptistry. Matt Betts was warming water uh, to, to, to make it warm for Wes Miller as he's baptized today. Uh, Wes, we got to see your testimony and hear this room. We celebrate your new life in Christ yeah. and what God is doing in your family. Let's welcome Wes into the fellowship of this church. And, uh, God bless you, my brother. Now, Warren mentioned dollar club today and the dollar club. I know it's just, we do it every fifth Sunday. You you just put a dollar in the bucket and it's going to local missions and, and a dollar is right in your price range. I I know that mine too. A dollar is a dollar, but let me tell you, uh, this time the dollar club is supporting uh, an outreach event for journey church in their new community. Um, they're going to do a car care outreach and and, and they want to just service cars for, for single moms and others in that, in that community, in that neighborhood who need that sort of help. Uh, We're not really planning to do oil changes on the spot because you need to know in advance what kind of car it is, what kind of filter, all of that. So we're planning to give out gift cards for oil changes that day in that car care outreach. An oil change, I believe, costs about 30 bucks. All right? So it's Dollar Club, but, but you know, if, if you got 30 bucks, could you just please, uh, I, I'm upgrading your membership into the $30 club. How is that? You can be in the $30 club today. If you really want to bless somebody, and, and if you've got that money to spare, consider joining the $30 club just for this week, just for today, so that we can really bless and support and help out the folks in that new community where Journey Church will be planted here in just a couple of months. So Dollar Club today, uh, I'm inviting into the $30 club if you'd really like to bless someone. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Starting a new message series today entitled One Tiny Seed. We're going to talk about the nature of faith. I am so excited at the same time. If I'm excited, that's not always a good sign. Uh, These sermons as I preach them while I'm running are awesome. Awesome. But I don't, they could fall like a dead turkey in, in this room. I, I never know. I brought the wrong Bible today, so, so I, I'm off to a rough start. But, but I really, really am a- excited. Let me just simply start with this uh, basic principle of life. Say it with me. Life is fundamentally unpredictable. Life is fundamentally unpredictable. You never know how anything is going to turn out. Uh, one morning at home, I was uh, getting breakfast in a rush, and so I grabbed a bagel, I split it, I put it in the toaster, I got the strawberry freezer jam out, man, I love, star- y- y'all got, free- strawberry y'all know-, y'all know about strawberry freezer jam? Anybody got any? Yeah. Could you bring, Sherry, could you bring me some? Yeah, because I'm out. Um uh, sorry freezer jam, so I, I the bagel popped up. I'm in a hurry, so I got the jam, I got the, the, the knife. I just slathered it. I had more jelly at that point than bagel. You know, I'm just slathering it on and then I, I was gonna put the knife down and raise a bagel to eat, but somehow I fumbled the bagel, and so the bagel hit the floor, it rolled a while. We had hardwood, it rolled, and then it spun a little and then it flopped. Okay, now just knowing how life is, I know it's fundamentally unpredictable, but we can predict certain things. Which side did the, did the bagel land? Jelly side down, jelly side up? Yeah, in my whole life, I'm sort of a jelly side down guy. I live a jelly side down life. I mean, if there are two ways something could go, it will always go the the bad way for me. That's just I'm the unluckiest man in the whole world. But this is what I'm telling you. On that particular morning, I fumbled the bagel, dropped out of my hand, it hit the floor, it rolled, it spun, and then it flopped jelly side up. Jelly side up. It's like a miracle. It's like at that moment, uh, all the forces of the universe aligned uh, to do something that never happens. My bagel landed, jelly side. Up. I mean, who would have thought? And this is what I'm telling you, life is fundamentally unpredictable. You think you know how things will turn out. You never know how things will turn out. Now, to prove that point in one other way, there was a, a, a tweet that went viral late last year. Mansfield Town Football Club, this is a, a, a British soccer club, and they were planning to have a special guest up in one of their suites. Uh, for, uh, for for one of their games, but they had to cancel this. So get, get this, this is a tweet. Went viral, this was everywhere. Uh, events news, due to unforeseen circumstances, clairvoyant, Tricia, okay, y'all know what a clairvoyant is? Clairvoyant's like a psychic, you know. So they were gonna have a psychic. What's a psychic? Yeah, somebody who knows stuff. Like they know what nobody else knows. She knows the future, all right? So due to, say the words, unforeseen circumstances clairvoyant Trisha will not be appearing in the Kevin Bird suite tomorrow night alright let that sink in she's a psychic unforeseen circumstances clairvoyant Trisha is not much of a psychic you, you know if she's psychic there wouldn't be any unforeseen circumstances with me? Do you, do you see this now yeah. It's uh, amazing. Life is all about unforeseen circumstances. We don't see any of it as it comes. We can only live one moment as it comes, but we never know from one moment to the next how things will turn out. And that means that life for us is just fundamentally unpredictable, and our lives are fundamentally limited and insecure we, we, we can't have any basic security because we don't know we don't know what tomorrow holds we don't know what we're having for lunch we don't know it's all unforeseen circumstances so that's why we're anxious that's why some of you drink that's why some of us worry and worry and worry that's why some of you would join clairvoyant Trisha in the Kevin bird suite I, I mean life is so full of unforeseen circumstances how else can We live other than with anxiety and insecurity and fear? Well, there's another way to live your life. There is an intended way to live your life, and it is called faith. We live by faith. Now, faith is a churchy word. A lot of you think you know exactly what faith is, but, but, but I, I'm not saying you don't know, but you may not know. Faith may not be what you think it is. It may be much, much more. It may be much, much simpler. It, it might be much, much deeper, but I want to call the congregation to a several-week conversation about what faith is. So turn with me to Hebrews chapter eleven, and we will start here. This is a long chapter, and and we got to do it. I, I, we just got to do it. Let's just jump in and, and see where we come out. One of the things I don't do well, I really like sermons to land. You know, I like to land this thing. Uh, but but can I? If I don't get done today, can I just quit? And come back. I mean, cause I'm not sure that I'll get through this. Can I just quit? You probably just wish I would, you know, just sort of quit and come back. So let's just agree right now that, that you'll stay with me. And if I don't get to the end of where we want to be today, we'll just pick up next sermon and go. Uh, I, I want us to, uh, I want us to get this. This is critical. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's just start with verse one. Is your Bible open? Cafe, your Bible's open. Open your Bible and leave it open because we're going to keep reading, all right? Open your Bible. Hebrews chapter 11. This is called the faith chapter. And you're about to find out why. Faith, what is it? Uh, Let's learn. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Okay, let's just stop. Let's just stop. Let's work on a definition of faith. In the old King James, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. I don't know if that's helpful. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's familiar words for some of you, but but, but what does that mean? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the, the evidence, the, the the existence of things not seen. We've already moved into this realm where language begins to stretch. What is Faith will very, very simply understand that word there that is sometimes translated substance or, or evidence. the word literally means celebration. So the first thing that Hebrews 11 says is that faith is a celebration. Faith is the celebration of the things we hope for. And does that begin to make some sense? That means my birthday is not till next March, but the party starts today. I'm accepting gifts today. You understand? It's the celebration of things hoped for. We're talking about the future. You're about to catch on. Faith is always talking about the future. It's a future orientation that determines how I live in the past. Present, and the way I live in the present has something to do with celebrating what I know is down the road for me. The things that God has promised, you know, heaven may be in eternity, but I get to start living that life now. I begin to celebrate today what is in the future. So faith celebrates now what we will receive in the future with God. Faith celebrates Faith celebrates the reality. It celebrates what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. It's the proof of things we cannot see. When we talk about living by faith, we say we walk by faith and not by sight. And that's the point. You can't see the things of God. You can't see the things of faith. But faith is itself the proof. It's the evidence. It's the existence of all of the things you can't see. Now, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Now, the reason he says this is that Hebrews chapter 11 is this long roll call, so to speak. We're going to go through all the characters of the Old Testament, starting with Adam, understand? And all the way through in order to illustrate for us what a life of faith looks like. So the chapter begins, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. The word there is witness, and and it just simply says their lives bear witness to us. Their lives bear witness to what faith is. So understand, faith is this forward-looking way of living in the world, always forward-looking, always. All right, verse 3, by faith... We understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. That's amazing. So in order to understand faith, we've got to go all the way back to the creator God. And this is what Hebrews 11 does. If you're going to know what faith is, and if you're going to understand what this God requires of you, you need to know something about who God is. So this faith chapter takes us all the way back to the creator of God. Now notice what it says. We understand by faith that the entire universe was formed at God's command. What does that mean? The entire universe formed at God's command. Do you remember that God created everything out of nothing? Nothing. He didn't start with a lump of Play-Doh, you understand, and then make everything. God creates out of nothing. He doesn't need raw materials. He didn't have to order a kit from Amazon, you understand? God creates out of nothing. The only thing God needs to call something into existence is his word, his command. So God steps out into nothingness and says, let there be light. Actually, in the book of Genesis, it's like, it's like really, really short words. He just says, light be. And light was. You understand? That's all it takes. His word. God commands with his word. He doesn't need anything. He calls everything out of nothingness. God is the God who calls into existence things that do not exist. So by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. Okay, now stop. So if if we're learning what faith is, then what does this tell us? If this is a kind of God that that we're placing our faith in, what does it mean? It simply means that that faith is surrendering to live at God's command. The God who creates everything by his command, faith means to surrender to that command. To let God's word continue to roll into your life and make of it what he will. You understand? Faith is surrendering to live at God's command, allowing him to make of you whatever he intends. He's the creator God. He is the maker of your soul. And he wants to continue to make something of you, something you cannot even imagine. And he's going to do it with his word. He'll do it with his command, which means that for you, faith is to surrender to that command, surrender to that word. Just simply allow God to speak into your life and make of you what he intends. Isn't that good? Do you understand what we're saying? Do you understand what we're saying? What this means is what we shall see, what we shall be in the future, it will come from nothing that can be seen now. Now, this is the life of faith. And I know already some of you, we're in deep weeds now for some of you. Understand this. What we shall see in the future, what you will be in the future, it comes from nothing that can be seen now. This is why your past does not define you. Do you understand? This is how God can set you free from your past. This is why everyone who is in Christ is a new creation. God makes new things. God doesn't just shine up old things, understand? God doesn't just make things better. God makes things new. He calls into existence things that have never existed. So when he looks at your life and he calls into existence a righteous woman, you have never been a righteous woman. We went to high school with some of you. You are not a righteous woman. But God declares by his word, you are a righteous woman and calls into existence something that in your bones has never existed, righteousness. God does that. God looks at your broken, messed up marriage. I mean, some of you, your marriage could have its own reality show. I mean, you know, like you could be on on, a lifetime or something. I mean, your marriage, I mean, it's a drama. I mean, dishes flying, fur flying. But God can look into the mess of your marriage, and he can speak into existence a love, a peace, a harmony, a life together that you have never imagined. And it has nothing to do with what you can see now. What you see now is a mess. But by faith, God can call into existence something that never existed in your house. Is this microphone on? Are are y'all hearing any of this? Do you understand the God that we're talking about here and his power? And this is what faith, this is what faith leads us toward. Verse four, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. I love that. I can't preach that because I know i got to keep going. But have you ever known people who, who lived and died in faith? And even after they're gone, their faith just lives on. Their faith continues to bear witness. Have you ever known people like that? I mean, long after they're gone, people still tell the stories of their faith. I mean, are you living your life in such a way where one day your children and grandchildren will have stories to tell about your faith? I mean, what will they say about you when you're gone? We're talking about a life of faith here, and it is not an ordinary kind of life. So, honestly, it's your funeral. It's going to be something of a disaster if all your grandchildren can say is, Well, to, well Grandma sure loved the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> what a disaster. What a disaster. Oh, Grandpa sure loved his tractor. He sure loved UK wildcats. He sure loved the cats, you know? I mean, seriously, dude, you're going to live your whole life. And at the end, the only thing you're going to leave for your children and grandchildren to talk about is your love for Kentucky Wildcats. What a disaster. What a disaster. If you're a man of faith, if you're a woman of faith and you live a life of faith, after you are gone, your faith lives on and speaks and bears witness. They should have stories to tell about an adventure, about a person who did not... Pay attention to things that the eyes could see, but focus their eyes on the God that eyes can't see. Do you understand what this means? This is not an ordinary kind of life. Okay, I said I wasn't going to preach that. Verse 5. Okay, this is good. You'd have to go back to Genesis chapter 5. Don't do it now. You stay with eyes on me. Stay with me now. But Genesis chapter 5 verse 21 tells us the weird story of a guy named Enoch. Enoch. You probably never did a Sunday school lesson on Enoch because honestly, this dude, he only did one thing and it's right here and it's crazy. It's just crazy. It's awesome. Genesis 5 is the story, but here's the testimony. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. Let that sink in. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. What? Enoch walked with God. Now again, we're trying to define what faith is and understand what faith is. And so, to know something about faith, you probably ought to know something about the life of Enoch. We don't know much about him at all. All that we know is this is a man who walked with God. He walked closely with God. He walked so closely with God that one day he was walking and he just walked right on off into heaven and he never died. Understand that? I mean, that would put J.C. Kirby out of business. That just doesn't happen. But but this is the closeness with which Enoch walked with God. One day he just walked right off into God's presence and never came back without even dying, because his life was so pleasing to God. He, he walked with God. Faith uh, it springs from a, a living relationship with God. Now, this is what I feel like a lot of us in a lot of church people miss. We think of faith as something like positive thinking. You know, I've got faith that it's going to rain. You know, that that may or may not be a statement about your relationship with God. It may just be about your relationship with, uh, I don't know, what's his name? Chris? Allen, yeah, the weather dude in Bowling Green, yeah. It may be about your faith in Chris Allen, you know, that it's going to rain. Or maybe, you know, you, you, you read the signs, you read the Farmer's Almanac, all, all of that. But but for us, sometimes faith is just positive thinking, but, but it may have nothing at all to do with the living God. Sometimes for us, faith is nearly like magical thinking. So if you have a lot of faith, and if you get a lot of people and everybody thinks the same happy thoughts or positive thoughts, if we all pray the same prayer, you know, prayer works, you hear people say, and, and, and honestly, it's not that prayer works. God works. Prayer's not magic. Faith isn't magic. All of this springs from a living relationship with a living God. It's, it's about God. Faith walks closely with God. So think of faith as, 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 a, as, as relational knowledge. Relational knowledge. In other words, I've been working with Warren now for 11 years. I know this man. In a staff meeting, if anybody brings up an idea, I I can look across the table, but you don't even need to read Warren because you know Warren. I I know what Warren's thinking. Every now and then he'll roll his eyes, you know, or he'll breathe. You know, Warren will go, you know, and I know what all that means, but also I don't even need those signals. I, I just know Warren. I love Warren. But this relational knowledge, I think Warren knows me. If you ask me a question, I can pretty much tell you what Warren would say. And again, it's because we're friends. It's it's relational knowledge. I've known many of you in this congregation for over 40 years. I've known some of you for over 40 years. I know what Jimmy White's thinking right now. I know what Jimmy White's thinking all the time. I, I know Barbara. I mean, it's just, it's a relational knowledge. You all know me. You know how I respond? You know what I'm thinking? You just always know. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's what happens when you walk with people, when you live your life with people. You know, multiply that times a thousand and we can talk about my relational knowledge of my wife, Casey. I mean, I know this woman. This woman knows me. I mean, there's this very deep and intense, intimate relational knowledge of one another. I almost at any point can tell you what Casey's thinking. If we're at a restaurant and Casey stands up and walks away and says, order for me, I can order for her. I know exactly what she'll eat. I could even order her something new and please her. I I know her. She can do the same thing for me. Now, in her case, she'll just order me something cheap. (laughs) But I know that she'll do that. You know, I know her. I know what she's thinking. She's always thinking. How much did that cost? You know, that's just my, my my wife. My wife can tell my emotional condition by listening to my breaths. She listens to me breathe, and she knows what I'm thinking. It's 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 relational knowledge. So, when we talk about faith in, in the living God, we're talking about a relationship here. Enoch walked with God. By faith, he walked with God. And he walked so closely and so gladly that one day he just walked straight off into God's presence and never looked back. He, he, he forgot to die. Understand? It's, it's absolutely—now no, go back now. Go back to what it says. And it is impossible, verse 6, it is impossible to please God without faith. Now, that verse alone makes this message and this message series and everything else the Bible says about faith of paramount importance. It is impossible to please God without faith. If you ask the question, what does God expect of me? What does God want from me? The answer is faith. God wants faith. God looks for faith. And everything that God is doing in your life at every moment is about the strengthening, the nurturing, the growing of your faith. Faith is what God is looking for. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you're thinking that you please God just by coming to church, understand, coming to church is not what faith is necessarily. It may be a reflection of a life of faith, or it might be a reflection of a life of habit. But but faith is what God is seeking, and just because you go to church, it doesn't mean you live by faith. It may be that you're really, really good neighbors, you're kind people, you you bake a cake when somebody, you know, somebody loses a loved one and and you'll mow somebody's yard if, if they're sick. You're just an excellent human being, a good person, but a good person isn't necessarily what faith is. There are lots and lots of good people who are faithless. And some of you really, really good people, it doesn't necessarily mean that you live this life of of faith, but you need to understand what faith is because faith is what God requires. It's what pleases Him. It is impossible to please God without faith. So anyone who wants to come to God must first believe that God exists. So faith begins with belief. It doesn't end with belief. It doesn't end with belief. So simply believing that there's a God, that, that, that is the beginning, but that isn't exactly what, what, what the whole uh, burden of faith is about. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, the scripture says even the demons believe and tremble. So the devil believes that there's a God. He's still the devil. You understand? I mean, the demons believe. They believe enough. They tremble before him, but they're still evil. They're still wicked. They still rebel against him. What I'm suggesting is that a lot of people in the world, they got the faith of demons. They have just enough belief to know that there's a God and maybe even to some degree to respond in fear to him. But that's not faith. That's not the kind of faith that pleases God. Are you with me? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that it goes on. It's more than just belief and and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So there are a couple of things added there that, that you need to add into your equation as well. Anyone who wants to come to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Okay, so let's say this. Faith is belief that seeks. It's belief that seeks. The difference between your faith and the faith of a demon is that the demon believes in God and trembles, but that belief doesn't move him toward God. You understand? It doesn't make him seek God. The, the demon actually believes in God, but is chosen to go the other way. And some of you have also. So that means you've got the faith of a demon, but, but, but not enough to save you. Saving faith, the kind of faith that pleases God, it's a belief that seeks. It seeks the God that, that the scripture says exists and, and that he rewards those. He, he rewards the ones who seek him. So what that means is it's not just that I seek him. I recognize that in the hands of this God is everything that, that my soul desires, that, that, that in the hands of this God rests the, the reward, the, the prize, the, the, the very craving of my soul. Everything that I want is in him. So faith is this belief that seeks. It moves you toward the God who alone holds the treasure of your soul. So the kind of faith that pleases God is a belief that starts moving your life toward him. That's why it's always forward moving. That's why we live forward. You don't ever have faith and then go backwards. It doesn't work that way because God is in the future. God is not in the past for you. He's in the future for you. And so you're seeking him. It sets your feet in motion. It sets your life in motion, moving toward him and everything else that your life desires and everything for which your soul craves. Without that kind of faith, it is impossible, impossible to please him. Can I go in a little bit? A little bit, y'all. Are we good? All right, let's go. Verse 7, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God. You, you might start paying attention to that word. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. I mean, what? It never happened before. It never rained. And, and somehow yet, you know, God explains to Noah that, that he needs to build a boat because a flood's coming. What? And, and Noah obeys, even though it had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by, say the word, faith. It was by faith that Abraham, say the word, Obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Now, that's not exactly like the way my daddy drove us off to vacation, you know, never really knowing where we were going. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about ignorance here. We're talking about deliberate obedience. We're talking about stepping out and going, even though you don't have the map. God has the map and you just trust Him. So without even knowing where he was going, Abraham leaves. He he goes. And when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently, say the words, looking forward. Looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. And all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They didn't receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. Isn't that beautiful? That's what faith does. This is what the life of faith looks like. I love to have company. Do you? I just love to, I mean, do you? Anybody? Yeah, Nikki. Yeah, just me and you. We love company. Y'all come to our house. Um, I love company and I love getting ready for company. I mow the yard. I mean, I weed eat. I mean, if, if I know you're coming to my house, I just want things perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I like that. And I like to get the house going. I love to get the meal going. And then I am so excited. I, 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 I'll keep going to the window and looking, you know, because where are you? I mean, where, I mean, come on, where are you? And I'm just looking, looking, looking. It's, it's like that way at church, I'm so anxious to see you. I mean, I'm in the parking lot. You know, I'll run out to your car when, when you get here. And this is what faith does. It, it sees these things from a distance, and it already starts welcoming them. I mean, faith always is looking out the window for all the things that God has promised. Uh, they, they agreed that they were foreigners and, and nomads here on the earth. Verse 14. Obviously, people who say such things are, say the words, looking forward. Looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they longed for the country they came from, they would have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. And that is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Do you see that? I mean, the opposite of of faith would be going back. I mean, if they didn't have faith, if they weren't looking forward, they would have gone back. I mean, this is a lot of our lives. We don't live by faith. We're always going back. We're always wishing for the past, always wishing that God weren't always calling us forward. But God is always calling you forward. Let's keep going. I I, I keep going. Let's go to verse 17. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. It's by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with him when they left. That's good, God. Oh, that's good. It's by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given him given them an unusual child. And they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ. I can't stop and preach that, but it's just mind-blown. Moses was suffering for the sake of—Moses was suffering for the sake of Christ— I can't help you people. (laughs) Suffering for the sake of Christ. Would rather suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking forward to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the Lord's anger, the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. He focused his eyes on the one that eyes can't see. That's faith. That's, that's faith. Let me back up a bit. Notice all of the action words here. And again, you got to read the whole chapter. And I may, I may make you read it again. I mean, you got to just read this chapter. All of the action words, by faith, Abraham o- obeyed. I mean, the word is always obey. It's, it's about obedience. If your faith doesn't lead you to obey God, it's not, it's not real faith. You understand? I mean, look at all of these words. By, by faith, uh, Abraham went. I mean, I mean, God said leave and, and Abraham went by faith. He, he went. I mean, just keep going. Look at all these words. A- Abraham sacrificed his son uh, Isaac. J- Joseph was about to die. He, he commanded to take his bones. I mean, uh, it's just amazing. The people of God, they marched. Uh, I mean, all of these action words. You see, it's, it's belief. We know that faith is belief, but your problem is that you just think the belief is something you do with your thoughts. That, that you believe in God and therefore you can believe, you believe in God, you can live like hell, but you think that you're going to be okay. And that's not the faith that pleases God. Faith is seeking God with your actions and behavior. That's obedience. It's not just believing God with your thoughts, it's believing God with your life. You believe with your life, you believe with your actions, you believe with your, with your life, and, and that's what we call Obedience. Now, obedience isn't the end of this. You understand that, that that's not the point. The point of faith is not just to make you obey. The point of faith is to give you God's great reward. The, the point of faith is to take you one day to live in a city whose who's maker and designer is God. I mean, this is what God has for you. Obedience isn't the point, but obedience is, is how you find the path. Obedience is how you stay on that forward moving journey toward God. You're seeking him, right? Because he holds the treasure for your soul. And you seek him not with your heart, not with your thoughts. You seek him with your life, with your actions and behavior. It's obedience. So faith obeys. It obeys. It obeys. I mean, Abraham obeys. Moses obeys. I mean, read this passage. You just got to read. Faith moves forward. Faith moves you forward. You you live forward. Because, as the old cliche says, um, the best is yet to come. I mean, whatever you've experienced in this life, and and the older we get sometimes, the the more of life is behind us. And that's when we long to look back. But but no, 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 my, my brother, my sister, even in your old age, you just keep looking forward. The, the, the end of this thing is not at the moment when you died. Do, do you see that? Because this is what the people of faith, this is the witness of their lives. that They didn't see death as some sort of end point. They saw death as just something they would move right through and, and, on the way to getting their soul's reward from the very hand of the God in whom they place their faith. Nothing in this world can, can matter. We just keep right, right on moving. And so faith makes you to venture courageously into an unseen future. By faith, Abraham obeyed when God told him to leave his family and go to a country, and he didn't know where he was going, but by faith, he went, and he's considered the father of faith. So don't you think that that when you place your faith in this God, your life is going to be somewhat similar? It's not going to be the identical journey of Abraham, but don't you understand that God is likewise going to call you to step into a future that you don't know? To ask you to step into a place where where you're not altogether comfortable, not altogether familiar? I mean, honestly, all of life is like that. If you try to just live comfortably, if you try to rely on just the things that you know and the things that you can see, I'm telling you, you will never know and see all of the things that God wants you to know and see because these are the things accessible only by faith you fix your eyes on the God that eyes can't see and that's what faith makes you able to do and faith makes you able to step courageously into an unseen future on a journey with no map whatsoever you don't know where you're going you just simply knows who it is that's waiting for you at the end it's called it's called faith man jellied up that bagel that fell on the ground. And I, th- I think I know how things turn out. I think I know. And I think my life is always a jelly side down life. But man, that day, that thing rolled and bounced and flopped over jelly side up. Who knew? Who knew? The point is, I'll never know how things will turn out. It's heads or tails, I guess, every day as far as I'm concerned my, my knowledge. But, but But the God who holds... My soul's treasure calls to me from a future that I can't see and can't know. I have to be willing to step into that. As the old song says, I will never know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And I trust him. I trust him. Trust Let's pray. Lord God, the deeper we look into these things, the more we seem to realize that we don't really know what faith is. It's one of the simplest words in the Christian vocabulary, Lord. We talk about being people of faith. We talk about making a profession of faith. We celebrate faith. We talk about faith, Lord, but not a lot of us live by faith. Aren't very many of us, Lord, who have focused our eyes on the God that eyes can't see, Lord? Not very, very many of us. We're living by faith and not by sight, Lord. We follow our eyes. We follow our appetites. We follow our own feet. We follow the road that we can see. We journey with the maps that we have in our hand, Lord. We like to go to the places we've already been because we don't like surprises. But faith is a life that celebrates the surprises of a God who is full of surprises. God, you do not. Lead us down familiar paths. You do not allow us to replay or rewind, Lord. You just simply continue to call us forward. So, Lord God, give us faith to follow you with our feet. Give us faith, Lord, to follow you with our actions and behavior, Lord, not just in our minds, not just in our hearts. Help us, Lord, to step out courageously into an unforeseen future that you call us toward. God, I guess when it comes right down to it, help us to see that you hold the reward for our soul, the the prize, the treasure that our hearts seek. Lord, help us to stop looking other places. Help us to stop putting our faith in other people and other sources of treasure. Lord, help us simply finally to realize that everything we want is found in you. And then by faith, Lord, help us to seek you with our whole hearts, our whole lives. Help us to earnestly seek you to find the reward that you hold for us. Lord, we do not know what tomorrow holds you. We don't know what today holds, but we know that you hold the future. So make us trust you. Give us grace to trust you, not to be anxious, not to be afraid simply to step forward with our hand in your hand, trusting you wherever you lead us by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Altars open if you wish to come and pray. If you have a physical need for healing, come to the baptistry side. The deacon will meet you there, and we'll pray for you, anoint you with the oil like the scripture says. Uh, if never in your life you have surrendered yourself to this God who, who has the authority to command your life, if never you've surrendered to that command, if, you, if you've never just placed your life in his hands and allowed him to do what he wants to do with you, then, then my brother and my sister, I'm asking you to consider that today. Come to him. Put your faith in the only God worthy of your faith. Trust him. Uh, even as we sing, trust